Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and we are doing a countdown to the NFL draft. We are trying to feature a different college every day now through the uh, the actual NFL draft. And on today's show, we have with us Kevin McGuire. He is the host of Locked on Nittany Lions. This is a big one, folks, because as everybody knows, Joe Judge, the Giants head coach, was at the Penn State Pro Day. And Kevin's going to fill us in on some of the prospects and what he's hearing and whatnot. Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show with me. Yeah, Patricia, it is great to be on here uh, talking some of the, the Penn State Pro Day. I'm sure there's a little intrigue on wh- where the Giants could potentially go. I'm very curious to see where the Giants are going and seeing if anybody on this Penn State roster could be one of their next fits to join a, a guy like Saquon Barkley. Absolutely. And, you know, Kevin, let's start with that Pro Day. You know, uh, like I said, there was a lot of, you know, attention paid to that. I know the NFL Network was there. The Giants, Joe, Joe Judge was there. I believe um, Chris Pettit, the director of scouting, was there. What were some of your takeaways from from Penn State's Pro Day? Well, you know, Joe Judge and uh, the other Giant members, they were not alone because there was a lot of representation around the league at this particular Penn State Pro Day. I think it was one of the more heavily attended Pro Days that they've had in recent years. And that's not too unsurprising because they do have one of the top linebackers on the board in Micah Parsons. There's a lot of interest in defensive end uh, Jason Owe and the stock that he could potentially have. And I think one of the main reactions that I see from a lot of people from around the NFL is the fact that there were some really good performances at this pro day. So if you're looking for some help, especially on the defensive side of the football, you know, Penn State could have a couple possible additions that a team like the Giants or any other team out there you needed some help there could take advantage of if they're available whenever that draft pick comes around. So there's um there's a little bit of a developing trend, I think, with Penn State players in particular in these type of events, uh, going back to you know, events like the Scouting Combine, which obviously is a little bit different this time around. But you know, Penn State players have performed well in this kind of environment. I think that's a little bit of a testament to what James Franklin and his staff at Penn State have really been doing in preparing Penn State players to take that next step uh, to the NFL. So they're they're kind of trained differently. They're, they're a little bit of a different breed of athlete coming out of Penn State now than in, maybe in years past. And I think that's ultimately helping Penn State and hopefully it's sending a few players off to the NFL as well. Now let's back up just a little bit because obviously this past year was a bit of a challenge with the, the pandemic and everything. Some players opted out, some school programs um, weren't able to play that affected schedules and stuff like that. How did Penn State kind of like keep these guys sharp, keep them fresh. You know, I know, I believe Parsons opted out. I think there might've been a couple of others that opted out. So, you know, you would think that, okay, they haven't put on football pads in over a year. Maybe they would, they they wouldn't be as sharp. So what, what can you tell us about what Penn state did to kind of help these guys still stay in, in the, in the moment, if you will? Yeah. Well, fully admitting that uh, Penn state had a very rough year with the pandemic, as far as having players available for practices you know, it kind of reflected in their season as well. They started off 0-5. Penn State has never started 0-5 until last year. So that kind of tells you just how much was going on. And I'm not here going to – I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for how Penn State season went because every school out there 
was dealing with a pandemic. Everybody was dealing with the major issues, uh, maybe to different degrees, but obviously Penn State had a rough year in terms of having everybody on the same page. They also had some coaching turnover, so losing out on all their spring football practices kind of put them behind the curveball as well. Uh, but I think the, the main focus was just kind of keeping players as safe as they possibly can. Obviously, uh, it's difficult, I think, with colleges because they don't have all the amenities that professional teams do. Uh, but a school like Penn State does have more to offer than some other schools. So all they could do is just move forward and try to keep their distance and try to go with the, the, the Zoom practices, which I, I don't know if that's really a detriment as much as you know, it may have been envisioned at the beginning. But there was a lot of learning experiences that I think Penn State had to take advantage of. And they found out some lessons, I think, the hard way because they weren't able to keep everybody on the same page as much as they would have ideally liked to have had. Now let's talk about the big three, the top three prospects coming from Penn State. And we've got to start with Micah Parsons. Um, there, there's some people who feel that maybe his stock was hurt a little bit by some off-field concerns. There are some people who say, yeah, that's not going to matter because it was much ado about nothing. What can you tell us about those concerns? And do you think it's going to affect his stock? From everything I've seen, I don't think it's going to necessarily hurt his stock. I think every year that we see the NFL draft, there's always a player that has a little bit of a checkered background, questionable background. Uh, there are some questions that he will certainly have to address as far as some of his uh, past, the past accusations with how he got into to physical combat with uh, teammates. And there were some serious issues that I think is going to be a concern for some NFL teams out there as they should for any player, whether they're a draft prospect or a free agent or whatever. Uh, there are some questions to be answered. However, I think if you've taken a look at some of the mock drafts out there, it's not really impacting his draft stock. And I think the fact that he opted out last year is not really being held against him uh, because a lot of players opted out. This was a very weird 2020 season in college football where a lot of star players opted out. Uh, but it's not necessarily hurting Michael Parsons, as far as his draft stock is concerned, as far as I can see. And I think the fact that he put on a very good show at the pro day showed that he's still in shape. So whatever he was doing while he was opting out, he was still doing what he needed to do to prepare for this level. And that was always kind of the idea anyway. If he was going to opt out, he was still going to be doing everything he needed to do to stay in shape and, and train for this opportunity that's in front of him. So he still very much looks like a lock to be in the first round. I've seen various ranges on where he could go in the first round. I've seen top 10, I've seen top 15, seen top 25. So, but every mock draft that I'm looking at sure seems as though he's going to be going in the first round. It's just a matter of where. Now the Giants run a uh, multiple defensive front, some three, four looks, some four, three looks and everything in between. What are some of the, the positives that Parsons brings that maybe would be a fit for the Giants defense? Oh, he's very athletic. He's very fast. So he's going to be very versatile. So it really almost doesn't really matter which position you're going to put him in. He's going to know where the football is and he's going to know how to bring a guy down. So I, I think you could place him almost anywhere you want. Now, Penn State like to keep him a little bit more in the middle of their defense. And I think that that should translate well to the next level. I think Penn State's got a pretty solid reputation as far as sending linebackers off to the NFL. And they always seem to know where the ball carrier is. So I don't really know if there's really going to be a concern about where you potentially put a Michael Parsons in that Giants defense. Uh, I'm sitting here as an Eagles fan. I, I would kind of dread it, but I will say that I, I do think he would be a really strong asset for uh, anywhere you want to put him in your defense. So it doesn't matter if you want to put him on the edge, put him in the middle. Uh, I think you've got a pretty solid fit if that's going to be the case. 
And on the flip side, where is his game still need to be developed? And is he a guy who you think in his rookie season could give you five sacks? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think he has a very good ability to break through that line of scrimmage if he needs to, uh, because you know, it depends on whether or not you want to bring his pressure. I mean, he's very good in the middle of the field, <laughs> and that, that could be a very good, a strong asset for him moving forward. But he is definitely a guy that can be very difficult to stop once he gets going. So if you give him a little bit of a running start and he's got a little bit of an angle, he could be very dangerous in the backfield for a lot of these NFC East quarterbacks. So I would not be wanting to face him, especially seeing his 40 time out there. Uh, it doesn't take much for him to get going. So once he gets chasing after you, uh, it could be very much troublesome for anybody. And where do you think his game still needs a little bit more refinement? You know what? There might be a little bit of a learning curve as far as you know the, the quickness and the pace of the NFL level. I do think that there's certainly something to be said about how aggressive he can be, but there are maybe times when maybe there's going to be a little bit of an opportunity where he's going to have to learn that maybe he needs to tone back on the aggressiveness and just kind of be a little bit smarter about where that ball is actually going. So like I said, he's going to be able to track down the football, but if he's going to be a little bit aggressive at times, maybe he might miss something, but you know, you can say that about a lot of rookies. I do think that he's got the good football IQ that's going to adjust pretty quickly. You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest Kevin McGuire, host of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. We are talking Penn State, and we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, much, much more from Kevin. So please stay with us. Hey, Giant fans, if you haven't tried the all-new Built Bar, you're really missing out. They offer an amazing assortment of flavors, both of the nut and nut-free varieties, which is sure to appease any taste. And can I take a moment to tell you about their new coconut brownie chunk bar? Folks, this is by far my favorite, a Bilt Bar selection, and a perfect way for me to swap out a meal, or if my day is particularly busy and I need a quick bite, tide me over until my next meal. Bilt Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they really taste like you're eating a candy bar, except you're not. You're indulging in a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber treat that's great for the keto diet or any diet plan you happen to be on. So head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use the special promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Traina, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Segment 2 of Locked on Giants. Patricia Trana here with you, and I am joined by Kevin McGuire. He is the host of the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast, and he's giving us all the scoop on the Nittany Lions, Micah Parsons, Jason Owa, Pat Fryermuth, all of them are being covered on today's podcast. And speaking of uh, sports and 
the draft and whatnot, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport event with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And Kevin, let's move on to a prospect that every time I do a mock draft, he's sitting there. And every time I see him there, I take him in the second round. And that is tight end Pat Fryermuth. What can you tell us about him? Pat Fryermuth is going to be probably the second best tight end in this NFL draft. I think Kyle Pitts of Florida certainly is the runaway winner here as far as tight ends are concerned. But if, uh, you're not going to get Kyle Pitts. Pat Fryermuth is a very good addition to any offense. And I say that because he's probably the best tight end that Penn State has sent off to the NFL in a long number of years. Uh, and they've also been a school that has developed some pretty good tight ends in the NFL. Uh, Mike Kosicki has been one of the more stronger successes in recent years. I think Pat Fryermuth is very much ready to be the next guy. So he's big. He's got really good hands. Had a little bit of a t- difficult uh, 2020 season, I'll be honest. Uh, and you know he didn't quite have some of the performances that I think a lot of people were expecting out of him. I think there are a couple of reasons for that. First, he did eventually get banged up in the year. His season came to a little bit of a premature end, so I don't know how much that's really going to impact him moving forward. But you're talking about a guy that has really demonstrated himself to be one of the top tight ends in the Big Ten, a conference that's very strong with tight end development. And I do think there's there's something to be said about just how good his hands are. And he has made some incredible catches for Penn State over the last few years. It's a shame we didn't see a little bit more of that this year, this past season, I should say. But uh, with the way that Penn State's passing game was, I think a lot of defenses early on were really keying in on making sure that Pat Fryermuth wasn't going to get the football because for a while he was the only really good target that Penn State had to rely on. So if you took him out of the game, your chances for success were going to be pretty good. So uh, Pat Fryermuth was certainly a key for Penn State's offense, and a lot of teams knew that going in. How athletic is he? And I'm thinking in terms of, you know, the Giants have had Evan Ingram but, you know, since 2017, a guy who's just so talented, just hasn't been able to put it together for whatever the reason. But yet, you know, you look at his size, you look at at his athleticism and you say, my gosh, this guy should be crushing linebackers and defensive backs. But when you look at Friermuth, how athletic is he and, and it, what kind of a matchup nightmare is he for those linebackers and defensive backs? He may not be the biggest tight end, but he is very athletic. Uh, you know, if you need a guy to go up and get the football, he's going to be able to do that. So he, he may not be quite as athletic as some top wide receivers, obviously, but it's a very different position. But as far as tight ends are concerned, uh, there's no question that he can go up and come down with the football. And that's big. If you need a tight end that's going to go over the middle of the field and, and come down with the football, that, that could be a really good asset for uh, a team like the Giants to have. So there's no question. He's going to be very athletic. Again, I don't think he's the most athletic tight end, but he's certainly above average as far as I'm concerned. And where would he need to really kind of take his game to the next level? Where's he lacking right now? I don't really know if he's really lacking as much. You know, I, I don't think you're looking for a whole lot of speed out of him. Uh, so if that's an area that it's a, a little bit of a concern at the tight end position, you know, that might be a little bit of a shortcoming, but like I said, he's got really solid hands, and I do think that his ability to to make some catches is going to overcome the, any kind of concerns you may have about speed. So, uh, you know, I think he can be a pretty good fit on, in any kind of tight end formation, double tight end formation. Uh, he's a real good team player too. So, I, I don't really know, as far as tight ends are concerned, where his biggest shortcomings may be. All right, and let's move on now to the other. Uh 
big three, if you will, of the Nittany Lions. The guy who hasn't really gotten as much press, but he's starting to pick up, getting a little bit more press, and that's Jason Owa. Is that how you pronounce it? Owe? Owe. Yeah, Jason Owe. Yes. So what can you tell us about him? Where's his strengths? Where's his weakness? Is he more of a 4-3 or a 3-4? Can he do both? I think he might be more geared for a 4-3 to kind of a style because I do think that uh, that benefits him a little bit more. However, uh, this is the guy that I think a lot of people are starting to keep a uh, real close eye on. You know, Michael Parsons, as far as the defense is concerned, has gotten all the attention for the last year. But uh, Jason Oway has certainly been rising as far as the, the draft scouts are concerned from what I can see. That's why he could potentially be a first-round pick, maybe a late first-round pick, but he could sneak into that first round the way that things have been going for him. Had a very strong second half of the season last year. Uh, definitely brings a lot of uh, havoc from the, the end of the defensive line, and he is going to be in quarterbacks' face uh, a lot of times. So there is a lot to like here. And Penn State has had a really good history of defensive linemen. You know, it's a school that likes to pride itself on its linebacker view mentality, but as far as I'm concerned, the defensive linemen coming out of Penn State have been on a little bit of a higher level over the years, uh, you know, certainly the last decades. Uh, so there's a really good freakish athletic ability come from Jason Oway, and that's why you're seeing him start to really catch the scouts' eyes right now. Very fast, very fast off the edge, and there's a reason why he could be, I guess, considered a sleeper pick in the first round if, that's, if a first-round pick can be a sleeper. But for all the attention Michael Parsons is getting, I think Jason Oway is the player that should be catching a lot more attention right now. And of course, Sean Spencer for, for a number of years was the defensive line coach at Penn State before he made the jump to the Giants last year. So we have to certainly mention that. And, you know, what was it about Spencer? You know, I mean, he, he came to the Giants and he unlocked or helped to unlock Leonard Williams's potential. Um, he got Dalvin Tomlinson to, to play at a higher level. He just seems to have a knack with working with those defensive linemen. And I know obviously he wasn't there last year for the Nittany Lions, but he had been there for a few years prior. What was it about him and the coaching that, that he gave to those guys that just got them to perform at such a high level? The man loves chaos, and the, the defensive lineman is certainly at Penn State. Maybe the Giants can say the same thing. They really bought into that mentality. There was just a different energy that he brought to the, the practice field and on game day where he really fired them up. And there's just there's certain connection between a defensive line coach and this defensive lineman where if they're on the same wavelength, it can be very dangerous. And like I said, he got a lot of talent to work with at Penn State, and I think the, the players that were coming in and being coached up by him really bought into kind of his philosophy for just wrecking havoc on opposing offensive linemen. And there's a reason why Penn State defensive linemen have been very aggressive. They've been very good off the edges in recent years, and they cause a lot of problems on the line of scrimmage. They've had some really good defensive linemen, and I don't think it's a mistake or a coincidence that Sean Spencer was here for a, a while leaving that mark. So he certainly left his impression at Penn State, and like you said, he wasn't there last year, but his mark is certainly there. Uh, these are a lot of guys that were familiar with him and kind of continued on with the kind of style that he presented to Penn State. And, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to find anybody in the Penn State community that has a negative thing to say about Sean Spencer. Indeed, a really energetic guy. I absolutely love Love it when they put him on the conference call with us. And he's just, so, I, I just want to run through a brick wall after speaking with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. But um, just continuing, just uh, another player I want to ask you about, and then I want to get into some of these maybe lesser-known players, is I want to ask you about Shaka, Shaka Tony, um, an edge rusher. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Again, a guy that I've seen his name pop up a few times. Um, he, I think he, if I remember correctly, wasn't he behind Gross Matos last yes. year or, or, or a couple of years ago? Um, still had a solid season um, after that. And, and just, you know, where have you seen the growth in him? And where does he kind of stack up in your opinion in terms of, is he a first round talent, a day two talent or what? He's very much uh, going to be a day two talent as far as I'm concerned. I don't think there's any chance he's going to get in the first round. That doesn't mean that he can't be a good quality addition because, as I said, Penn State has a pretty good history now with defensive linemen. And it, as much as Jason Owe has been taking over the spotlight here, you know, Sok- Shaka Tony is not a bad prospect to keep on the board. Uh, certainly if you're looking for some you know, help on the defensive line in the, the middle of the draft, he, he could very well be available and he could be a very nice bargain. Uh, if he goes into those middle rounds. So I do think that Shaka Tony has had his ups and downs. Uh, I think he's been a player that has had a lot of his production in kind of bursts. You know, it seems like he sets a school record or ties a school record for most sacks in a game one time. Then it goes a little bit quiet at times. So it, there could be some consistency issues that have maybe dropped his draft stock uh, during the course of his time there. But he, when he is on, he is very much on. And pairing him up with Jason Oway was uh, a very good combination for Penn State. Uh, you know, like I said, there, there are some bursts, though, so that might be a little bit of a concern. So there, there's certainly room for improvement. There's certainly some some room to grow for Shaka Tony. But if you take a look at some of his numbers, you know, he doesn't quite have the same speed that Jason Owe does, and that's probably what's going to hold him back more uh, from being a first-round pick or maybe even a second-round pick. But there's still a lot to like about here. Very strong, very aggressive, uh, and a guy that certainly could buy into a Sean Spencer kind of mentality once again. You are listening to the Locked On Giants podcast with Patricia Trena and special guest Kevin McGuire of Locked On Nittany Lions. We are going to take our final break. And when we come back, more with Kevin on the Penn State draft prospects. So please stay with us. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your sportsbook expert. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I am joined by Kevin McGuire. He is the host of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, giving us a rundown of the Penn State players who took part in the pro day, the draft prospects, who to pay attention to, some really great stuff. And speaking of the NFL draft, are you ready for it? Join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on the 2021 NFL Draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And again, we are speaking with Kevin McGuire, who is the host of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. And Kevin, who are some of the names that maybe, you know, are day three free agent types, names that we're not really hearing a lot of that maybe we should be paying more attention to? 
Well, one of the first names that really does jump out to me is Lamont Wade, who was a very highly recruited uh, safety at Penn State. Uh, again, kind of had his moments, uh, didn't necessarily have the kind of the standout career that I think a lot of people were hoping for, but I still think could have a fit in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be a later round draft pick or a potential undrafted free agent, but he's certainly going to be on an NFL roster or at least a, a training camp invite somewhere along the way. So if you're looking for some help in the defensive secondary, I do think that he's got some potential there. And then uh, Steven Gonzalez, uh, an offensive lineman who is certainly going to be a, a very much later round draft pick, potential undrafted free agent, uh, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, he, he's been a pretty solid offensive lineman. Penn State has improved their offensive line depth over the years. It's still not quite up to par with some of the top teams out there, uh, uh, top college programs out there, but every now and then they've got a pretty good solid offensive lineman. I think he's going to land on an NFL roster somewhere. And is there anybody else that, that you think might, you know, uh, we look at the Giants and their needs and whatnot, but anybody else who you think might just sneak up on us and, and just maybe land on that Giants roster? It's a very good question. I think when I'm looking at the Giants, I, I do think that Pat Fryermuth is probably the most likely pick. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly who else on this uh, Penn State roster, other than the big three that we mentioned, uh, are going to be available for the Giants. <laughs> because I, I just I don't know if there's anybody coming out of the Penn State other than the names that we've mentioned are going to have a realistic shot to be you know, any kind of a fixture on an NFL roster. Uh, again, could have some names that are going to float around a little bit, but I'm not really looking at any of these other guys uh, that are coming out of here uh, as a surefire addition to any NFL roster right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I, like I said, Pat Fryermuth keeps coming up when I do run mock drafts, and it doesn't matter which simulator I use. Uh, Micah Parsons, I know he sometimes pops up, sometimes he doesn't. So I have no idea what's going to happen there. But I just, again, getting back to the fact that Joe Judge made the trip out there and knowing how Joe Judge likes to get in front of guys and sit down and look them in the eye and, and you know, get a feel for who they are and whatnot, certainly – very much uh, noteworthy. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that's a lock, but it's, it could be telling, I think. Oh, very much. And you know what, this is going to be a very interesting year in the draft for the entire NFC East, the way that the things went in the last year in this division. I think the giants, the Eagles, Cowboys, uh, Washington, there's, there's lots of draft picks that could be very interesting to watch throughout this whole division this year. And it does look like the Penn state could be a player in some of these teams and their draft outlook. So I'm looking forward to seeing where all these players end up going. And of course the giants with getting back Saquon Barkley healthy, that's like getting an actual bonus too. They missed him big time last year and hopefully he can recapture what he was prior to that injury. If anybody can do what he can for sure. That's the vibe that I get. Uh, everything that I know about Saquon Barkley is you know, he is very committed to staying in the best possible shape. You could say that going back to his time at Penn State. Uh, the guy was just a, an absolute animal. And I'm very happy to see the success that he has had at the next level with the Giants. It's very unfortunate what happened last year. But uh, if anybody's going to bounce back and be one of the top running backs in the NFL, I have full faith that Saquon Barkley can do it. Indeed, and I'm with you on that. And Kevin, really appreciate all the insight on the Penn State players. Tell everybody where they can find you and your work. 
Well, first of all, thank you so much, Patricia, for having me on. It was a pleasure. Uh, if you want to get some more Penn State commentary, you can check out the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, just like you can with uh, Locked On Giants, of course. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. So make sure you give it a follow, leave a rating or review. You can also catch us on Twitter and Facebook and on Instagram, all using the same username of Locked On Nittany. And if you want to connect with me as well, I'm on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Always talking college football, always talking Penn State. So uh, I welcome any and all conversation you have coming my way. All right. There you have it, Penn State fans. If we have any Penn State fans out there, which I'm sure we do, uh, make sure you check out Kevin's work. Does a great job. And Kevin, hopefully, uh, if we get a Penn State player landing with the Giants, we'll get an opportunity to catch up again and and kind of do a debriefing. Oh, I would absolutely welcome that opportunity. Uh, Best of luck with the draft coverage moving forward. It's going to be a lot of fun. Indeed. That's Kevin McGuire of Locked On Nittany Lions. Giant fans, thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure you keep it here on the Locked On Giants podcast. We're going to have more schools. We're doing one a day. At least that's the goal, to try and do one a day. And uh, just keep it here. We've got a couple more planned for the week, and then we will uh, head into the weekend as we inch closer to the NFL draft. For Kevin McGuire, I'm Patricia Trainer. Thanks so much for listening.